the VCA Voice podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marie Curl. Our goal with the VCA Voice is to showcase how VCA Animal Hospitals is taking care of the future of veterinary medicine. We'll bring our purpose to life through meaningful conversations about care, our culture, and the communities we serve. On today's episode, I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Patricia Detlinger. Trish is a graduate of Tufts University College of Veterinary Medicine and is also a regional medical director for VCA Animal Hospitals. Hi, Trish. How are you today? Hello, Dr. Carl. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for joining me. And I'm really excited for our conversation today. And I think that our listeners are going to get a lot out of it. So let's jump right in. Tell me a little bit about your journey in veterinary medicine. Sure. So, you know, I I say I literally grew up in veterinary medicine, and and it is true. My dad uh, was a veterinarian. He was a dairy vet for many years before becoming a small animal vet. And that's hard work. Hard work, and it was a different time, right? On call mm-hmm. all the time, out in the middle of the night doing farm calls. And I was fortunate to get to go with him. That was mm-hmm. the time we had together often. And I would go sort of under the guise of helping. I think I was much more of a hindrance because I would ask a million questions and often take a puppy or kitten that was looking to be rehomed in my mm-hmm. jacket. And he'd be almost all the way home and be like, did I just hear a meow? Yep, we got to turn around, <laughs> bring it all the way back. Um, but it was fantastic. It was a great way to grow up. Mm-hmm. And when I was in high school, uh, it was decided that we would purchase an old cabinet maker's building. We're going to open our own hospital which is about a mile from where I grew up. And we as a family, my brother, sister, my parents, literally physically renovated this small building and turned it into a one exam slash surgery room. And my mom worked at the front desk and my Mm -hmm. dad was the vet and I was his tech and my brother went to veterinary school. That's amazing. It was a phenomenal experience. You know, we talk about hometown care Mm -hmm. and we were in the town we grew up and we were there for about 30 years. The hospital grew incrementally and it was amazing to be not only part of that community, but to be able to determine how we, I, my brother, my dad, my mom, how we wanted this hospital to look, right? Mm-hmm. How, how we wanted it to thrive. And we had students from Tufts booked off in two years in advance to come spend time in this tiny little hospital. And we trained technicians and veterinary assistants and it was a, a wonderful experience to to learn and grow not only as a veterinarian, but as a owner, right? As a manager, I went through mm-hmm. all of those, started in the kennel, worked my way up in my own hospital uh-huh. and learned all the ins and outs of operations. And it, it really set me up to be successful moving forward, to know kind of globally what what should a hospital look like? What can it be? So now I assume there was a transition from the one exam room, one surgery building into something larger. When did that happen? Yeah, it happened through stages, right? As the business allowed. So we would put on an addition as we could afford to do so Mm -hmm. as the business grew and ended up what it is today. We had dueling surgery tables and a, a dental suite and ended up now it's a lovely larger practice that we grew as we were able to. It's been quite a journey. It has been interesting now and fun to watch it change hands. I had to decide seven years ago, I needed a graceful departure for my mom who needed to retire. She was Mm -hmm. down there in the middle of the night painting and cleaning and taking care of the hospital. Once my dad had retired, my brother went on to be an orthopedic surgeon. So we needed a, a 
plan, a legacy plan for this amazing group of people in this hospital. And it's been heartwarming to see how it's grown and thrived Mm -hmm. with VCA and to still be part of it and to support it now as a regional medical director. So when was the transition from you being the practice owner and selling doctor into VCA? And and if I can ask you, why VCA? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, this was a very important decision. And I was really the last family member other than my mom for really the last 12 years. So we were there for 30 years, about the last 12. Mm -hmm. I was running the hospital as the medical director, as an owner with my mom in the background. And it was obviously very important that whatever that next move was, which for me, I knew I wanted to grow and do other things. I knew that it was time for me to move beyond just this hospital. Mm -hmm. But the next move was very important because it's my family's legacy, right? And my mom is still one mile away from that hospital. Wow. So it's very important that this community that we knew and really grew up with felt supported, felt Mm -hmm. like they were able to continue to get the level of care, not only for their pets, but for themselves that they had become accustomed. Mm -hmm. And if it didn't go well, my mom would be the first one to hear and I would be the (laughs) second one. And I I wanted her to have a, a peaceful retirement. So I looked at all different options and talked to a lot of different people. And I kept bumping back into VCA. And I always jokingly say, I grew up hating VCA. And I never really knew why. Uh I knew I was supposed to do that, right? You're the little guy and and we're the big sort of scary group. But the honest fact is everyone was so nice and really seemed to understand philosophically how we ran our business, which is do a great job medically, Mm -hmm. take care of the clients, treat them like family, and then the business part will follow. And that has always worked, right? Make sure that the staff have all that they need to do a good job. and. That was what I kept hearing. I finally said, you know what? They're talking a good game. I feel like I have to commit to staying on. I feel very comfortable doing that. So mm-hmm. let's let's move forward. My plan was to put in my time as medical director and then move on and do something else. Mm-hmm. The more I was embedded within this amazing field team and this group and this company that basically let us continue to do the excellent work we did, but with much more support to not have to write one more employee handbook. Mm-hmm. or pick one more health insurance, <laughs> yeah. right? The like tedi- The tedious bits all the of running stuff a business. I, exactly. That started to take me away from the part that I love. To right. be able to get that back, to have somebody say to me for the first time, take a vacation. Don't mm-hmm. worry. You know, <laughs> drop back a little bit to part-time. And I did for about a minute, immediately mm-hmm. got very bored. <laughs> You're not part-time. I I'm not say. part-time, <laughs> but it was nice to have the option right? and to have people telling me, what do you want to do next? What does that next thing look like? My plan was to be able to do what I've done on a smaller scale in a more impactful way, mm-hmm. which to me was to provide hospital teams with the knowledge base, the skill set, the equipment, the tools, the confidence to do a good job and to teach and train. That is something that was always instilled in me. My goal was to carry that forward. It was always very important to us that we had the next generation in. And so to be able to do that within VCA first as a area medical director, never left, (laughs) was offered offered an area medical director position for one region Mm -hmm. and then a second region. And then just two years ago, the regional medical director role. It's been an incredible journey and an incredible opportunity to really 
allow me the freedom and the opportunity to do what I feel like I have wanted to do really in a larger way my whole career. Tell me about your experience of being a medical director and also stepping into area medical director role. What were your responsibilities and and how did that work in your, I'll say, weekly or monthly work life? The area medical director role is intended to be 10 to 12 hospitals. Mm -hmm. So you're a medical director really full-time in your hospital. The hospital has to be obviously successful, be able to work independently without you for some amount of time. Mm -hmm. And the goal is you were medical support for your region is intended to be a day a week. So you're pulled uh-huh. out of your hospital for a day. And I, I say intended. I like the term intended to be. Okay. <laughs> I think it's very important <laughs> to be clear because uh-huh. what will happen is, so you go and you basically support the hospitals in whatever way they want. You take the first really year just getting to know them and become a medical resource, right? If people need any sort of help, what will happen is you make those inroads and now you've got a lot of people calling you and asking you a lot of things. And to have the freedom to be able to support those hospitals in whatever way really they need allows you really to grow and thrive. So it's a very valuable role, mm-hmm. particularly now being a regional medical director, I could certainly see the benefit of having more boots on the ground. And that's one thing I think that makes us great as a company is that ability really to, to be available to the hospitals when they need you in real time. Mm -hmm. And once they get acclimated to that level of support, they don't want to give it up. And so I think it's important that we're able to give them that. So you started in your own hospital and then you started visiting other neighboring hospitals in your area medical director role. Do you remember any kind of early learnings or insights that you had from doing that? Absolutely. Uh, And it's interesting because a lot of the hospitals, you know, years ago, the hospitals around you were like your enemy, right? Uh If they weren't part of UCA, right? They're your competition. (laughs) And so all of these hospitals that for years we were competing with truly, Mm -hmm. you know, not not in an aggressive way, but that's the nature of the beast. Now all of a sudden we're part of this one family. (laughs) Uh And I was thrilled to be able to go in and see what made them tick, right? (laughs) There's so much power in seeing how other hospitals run, not only for yourself, which is something as a private practitioner, you're on an island. Mm -hmm. Even if you have other connections, you're still running your show. It was invaluable for me to see how they ran, what made them tick, but also to be able to bring my experience to them to say, hey, have you thought of this? And it was simple things like surgery flow, training, right? How we could grow our staff in a very productive and efficient way by pooling resources now Mm -hmm. together, drop-off appointments, things that I had adapted or they had adapted that, you know, were new to each of us. That collaboration was, and still is, I still, every day, right? We all learn something from each other. That was incredibly eye-opening to me. Yeah. I love the terms competition and collaboration in here because you're right. If you have multiple practices in an area, there is an area of competition of who's going to deliver the best care and make their clients happiest. And yet we are all taught in vet school that we're all colleagues. Right. And being able to approach that collegially and and even with Mars Vet Health, even reaching across VCA to other banners of Banfield and Blue Pearl. And and at my level, I have a lot of interaction in those organizations. And our profession is so much better if we can truly collaborate across business lines and learn from one another. So I, I love that call out. Yeah, absolutely. It's so impactful. And now in this role, same, right? Like uh, to have that exposure to the other banners and 
and have that sort of global view. It's sort of a never-ending trajectory to just learning and growth. It's really been amazing. One of the other reasons that I invited you on the podcast that I really want to learn about is that the North Atlantic region has a really unique partnership with Monty Tech that's really helping us take care of the future of veterinary medicine. I'd like for you to tell me a little bit more about how that partnership started and what that even means. About a decade ago, when I owned Sterling, I was approached by the superintendent of Montachusett Regional Vocational Technical School. It's located in central Massachusetts Mm -hmm. in Fitchburg. It has about 1,400 students. And they had approached me as a just a local practitioner because they were contemplating starting a veterinary assistant program. And they wanted first to find out what is, is their need? Of course, when has there never been need? I'm sure. <laughs> certainly need. And we'll so, take all of them. <laughs> we'll take all of them. So we elucidated, yes, there's a need. We can definitely support that. So we drew plans and determined what equipment would they need? What would the flow of the hospital look like? That was right around the time that I joined VCA. And I'm so pleased in retrospect that I ended up here because this was a very important partnership to me. I was allowed to continue and and grow. So when I mentioned it to my field leadership at the time and said, we should do something here, right? This is going to be big. I was thinking we should name a room and we ended up sponsoring the medical director. Wow. So this hospital was brought to fruition and built by the students of the school. So this is a vocational school. So all of the different trades, the shops built what is the most beautiful facility you've ever seen. Giant learning hub for this program, right? For these future students. So we sponsor the medical director there. The hospital opened in 2019 and this school district, the population is very diverse. Mm -hmm. More than 37% of the students are classified as high needs and over a quarter are economically disadvantaged. Mm -hmm. We want to share that veterinary medicine is open to everyone. This hospital is a community hospital. So it supports pets that would otherwise be underserved. So the clients have to actually qualify financially to receive care. The students are rotating through the hospital. And I was very, very lucky that VCA saw that and saw all of the value, right, that I had seen. And it's phenomenal, the tendrils that sort of spread good, right? right? It's amazing for the students, the clients, the pets. We are fortunate to be able to use this amazing building for teaching and training. There's a learning hub that is absolutely exceptional. We do our dental labs. We do CPR training, global fast ultrasound training. We have a partnership with the assistance dog service as well, where we'll do spays and neuters for those dogs, bring in our VCA Academy doctors to do those procedures. And the students are plastered against the (laughs) surgery window, practicing their monitoring and their watching. Uh And when we do these trainings, the students are all on the periphery. They're talking to our doctors. They're talking to our tech supervisors, to our assistants, our CVTs that are doing trainings there as well. And it is amazing experience. It is inspirational to see 
they get to sort of learn, well, what does a hospital manager look like, right? Mm -hmm. These students, what is my path forward? Well, here they all are. And it really is just an incredible partnership. Given that this started in 2019, have you been able to follow up with any of the students that went through and how are those students doing? Yeah, they're doing great. So we have hired a lot of them. The goal, obviously, too, is to provide experiences. These students go out to co-ops as part of their training, and we want to provide that co-op experience for them. We have local hospitals where these students will rotate through. It's been incredible. Many of them have gone on to either go on to college, become CVTs. Some have gone on to do other things entirely, but the vast majority have stayed in the profession. And that collaboration has really allowed us to get them into our hospitals and to make sure that what they're learning, because it's one of our medical directors, they're teaching all the same things that we're teaching in our hospitals. Every time I go there, I leave feeling like this is just the right thing to do. And when we have our VC Academy doctors or even our more experienced doctors, any of our staff, they they leave feeling good, really knowing that we're a part of this, right? That we see the value in providing this care, this training, and they're proud to be a part of it. And I'm proud to be a part of it. We're very, very lucky. And just to clarify, when you talk about VCA Academy doctors, who are those? So our doctors that are in the mentorship program, Uh we use this facility to have them do dental wet labs, do Uh surgery. They actually are able to rotate through with the medical director at Monty Tech and see appointments. And it's a much slower pace because Uh there's learning going on. Right, right. So they can be thoughtful. They can be the primary doctor with a very experienced and excellent doctor observing them. They're also helping to teach the students. So it's a pace that is very warm and inviting and comfortable for learning as they make that transition from graduating veterinary school and going into practice. So we build it into part of our mentorship program Mm -hmm. where they spend time there seeing cases, doing dentistry, doing surgery, Mm -hmm. and they just love it. The feedback is tremendous. I wonder too, if that might inspire some of those new graduates and and new veterinarians to keep in mind ways that they can give back to the community throughout their career. And I think that's the important piece, right? It's great to be part of a big company where we can make all of these things happen, but a lot of this is local, Uh right? So they can take that experience and it always feels good to do good and then go back to their hospital and say, well, what can we do locally that can be impactful and maybe even reach out? And this has been happening since the Monty Tech partnership. Are there vocational schools closer, right near some of our other hospitals that we Mm -hmm. can partner with for that same impact? And I I think that's right. I think it inspires them to think, what can they do? So Mm -hmm. it's it's a partnership we're tremendously proud of. I think I remember seeing a a video that was made of this program. Maybe we can get the link to that and put that in the show notes in case people want to see more about it. That's great. That would be fantastic. They interviewed some students, and I think that the audience will be equally impressed with the caliber of these students and their level of excitement. And it kind of goes through all of those different pieces of this partnership that's just really so fantastic. And obviously you teach at Monty Tech, but do you also teach at Tufts? I do. So interestingly, that community medicine model, we were very fortunate to have that collaboration also with Tufts. So Mm -hmm. I've loved being a part of Tufts. Being there as a student was amazing. And similarly to mentoring, right, and giving back, I think if we can do that for our veterinary schools, that's fantastic. Having the students come through my hospital allowed me to not only teach and train, but then have the, the pick of the litter if I needed to hire. <laughs> okay. So it felt like it was really important to, to stay connected and it, it felt very fulfilling. 
So I've stayed on through various teaching opportunities. And one is mentoring at Tough Set Tech. Mm -hmm. Very, very similar program, much busier, much bigger scale than Monty Tech, the veterinary students. It's a a core rotation for the veterinary students. I think Mm -hmm. they're there for two weeks. Uh, Worcester Vocational Technical High School is where this hospital is located. And similarly, the high school students are the technicians. The veterinary students are the doctors. And there are mentors there either rotating through sort of sitting in a central hub where the mm-hmm. students that are on the clinical side will come in and bring their patients and we'll make sure, you know, everything is going according to plan. Surgeries are going on. Dentistries are going on, all with volunteers mm-hmm. uh, being mentors and similarly inspiring. And, and a lot of students that would go through Tufts at Tech will also go through Monty Tech because that community medicine model not only feels good. But it's a great way to learn for the students that are going into general practice. They're seeing real life, real time problems, not veterinary school level cases. And they get more clinical experience and the ability to be the primary doctor really than you usually get. So it's a phenomenal program. I think that the other really important piece is the access to care, that both of these programs serve underserved communities and allow pets to receive the health care that they wouldn't otherwise be able to receive. And it's life-saving care. It certainly is. And when you see the nature of the cases that we see, I think we should be very proud of these partnerships and the level of support that BCA allows us to provide, right? These are all things that we were doing in a little way that now we're able to do in a bigger way. And that's looking after the future of veterinary medicine. It's also hometown care, right? It's taking care of these pets that otherwise would not get care. And the clients, the clients are so grateful. It's very rewarding. In my time in education, I feel like I learned so much more than I actually taught. What do you think that teaching helps you to learn and and to keep front of mind? It's very important to feel like you're always learning and growing and not being stagnant. And for me, not only does it feel great to teach, but to feel like you're also learning and you're keeping up with what's happening in the veterinary Mm -hmm. schools and with current medicine And so for me, it always makes me feel like I'm sharpening my saw. I think I always learn not only medically, but I think it also helps you to learn how to communicate differently or better or deal with different personalities. But my favorite thing to do is to be surrounded by people who are learning and growing and feel like you're contributing to that in some way. Well, we're nearing the end of our time together. So in closing, what advice do you have for both veterinarians and technicians who want to become more involved in teaching and mentorship? I think there are so many opportunities within VCA. So talk to your field team. But also, like I mentioned before, we want to look locally. What can we do? How can we bring that teaching either to possible locations near us or get those folks into our hospitals to teach? That would be my, my best advice is there's so much opportunity. Some we can definitely help connect with and want to, but some are right there. You just have to reach out and mm-hmm. grab them. That's our best resource. So reach out and see what local opportunities are there. So many. Oh, that's wonderful. I really, really appreciate the time that you've taken for this conversation. It's always wonderful to be able to talk with you and catch up with you. And we're very lucky to have you in BCA. So thank you so much. Thank you so much again, Marie, for having me. It's really a privilege. 
Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing. Don't forget to leave a review to let us know your thoughts and share the episode with friends. Follow VCA Animal Hospitals on social media at LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For more inspiring stories, visit our website at vcavoice.com.